0: Hello there. My name is Shirley Fisher and I'm an illustrator, creative business owner, and mom of two. I've been slowly growing from a part-time creator to a full-time working artist since 2016. So I know the joy and struggle of working for yourself and how mindset can impact your growth. It's here where we dig deep through vulnerable chats about running a creative business and uprooting our limiting beliefs. My hope is that you walk away from these conversations feeling empowered with a greater sense of clarity and community. So find a cozy spot, open up your heart, and prepare to be encouraged. Welcome to the Tillage Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Jenna Blackburn. Do you want to create a beautiful portfolio to attract your dream clients? Surface pattern designer and illustrator Jenna Blackburn is here to help. Join Jenna for her free workshop, Path to Portfolio, to help you spring into action and to create an eye-catching portfolio. Don't waste any more time in the land of overwhelm and confusion. Jenna's lessons will give you the tools you need to make major mindset shifts to get your art into the world and to make a show-stopping portfolio to send to your dream clients. The free workshop starts April 5th and will end with three live Q&As. Sign up today by visiting www.pathtoportfolio.com or you can sign up with the link in the description below or through today's show notes. You are not going to want to miss out on this free workshop called Path to Portfolio with Jenna Blackburn. Well, welcome back to the Tillage Podcast. I'm super excited you're here spending your time with me. And man, it is almost the end of March. It's 2023 right now. And just three years ago, in this time frame, if you can remember, we were all in quarantine. I believe I read somewhere online that we went into quarantine on March 12th. And I can remember it so clearly, us bunkering down. My daughter was about 18 months old, I think. And I bring this up because I'm going to be talking a little bit about that time. And I was just reflecting on where we are in March. And it's just crazy how quickly time has gone, but yet not so quickly at the same time. And when I think about the pandemic and us being in that time, it really segues beautifully into the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is talking about the use of our language and gratitude. And so we're going to be focusing in on how we use our words and being intentional of how we use our words and also how words can affect us. So we all know words are powerful. You've probably heard that we need about five positive comments for every negative comment we receive. So we tend to hold on to and remember negative things. We remember them very deeply, and you can probably even remember a moment in your life, even if it was like 10 or 15 years ago, that someone said something negative to you that was hurtful. But you probably even remember it more if it had the word never or always in it. So you might remember something so clearly if someone said, you always do blank, or you are never going to be good enough to blank. There's something powerful about those words, always and never, and we're going to talk about those today. So the language we use and how we use it definitely makes an impact, but using those words like always and never, they're called absolutes, and they're extreme words that can be pretty detrimental to our mindset. And I've been very aware of these words simply because my daughter started to use these phrases with the word never in it, and it just... (laughs) It started to become quite comical because they were just these extreme outbursts of her using these words. So, for example, I would say something like, Okay, it's time to turn off the TV. We're going to, you know, get ready for dinner or whatever it was. And it was like this moment of, I'm never going to be able to watch TV ever again. And just her phrasing and this experience of like the whole world is collapsing it's never going to be right again also phrases i heard her say in in honestly the last several months have been stuff like everything is boring and my favorite <laughs> is when she says everything is ruined So, you know, we can all laugh at this because it's a four-year-old being, you know, dramatic as children are, and yet at the same time, I have had this experience where I'm watching her have these extreme outbursts, and it was this moment of reflection of like, oh my goodness, how often do I say that? Am I using those words in my own language, and how often am I either articulating that or probably more often than not, just at least thinking it. And as a business owner and as a creative business owner, you know, we talk a lot about this on the podcast, that this is difficult and hard. And there's a lot of perseverance that's needed and a lot of mindset shifts that have to happen inside of us to keep moving forward. And I started thinking about this language of always and never, and I started to do a little bit of research. There are six extreme absolute words that I found that make quite the impact. (laughs) So here they are. There's the words always, never, no one, nothing, everyone, and everything. These words are pretty powerful, especially in the context that they're used, but also in relation to how we are thinking about ourselves, our business, our progress, and our growth. And so I was starting to think about, okay, so what are some examples that I have had in my own life that maybe I've caught myself say, or even just had this internal dialogue going on? So here are some (laughs) examples that I have. I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you guys. But I've thought these things before. I've either said it sarcastically to a friend or I've said it inside my head, but these are some thoughts that I've had. For example, going on Instagram Live is always awkward for me. If I create this class or course, no one is going to sign up. Every time I pitch, I never hear back. My email marketing does nothing for me. Everyone else is experiencing wins in their business. Nothing is working. I'm always behind everyone else. Okay, so there's a vulnerable moment. I shared mine. You can think in your head what some examples you have of these absolutes that you can kind of play in your head and recognize that, honestly, when I say those out loud, it's just depressing. I mean, and first of all, they're not true. Using these words in our vocabulary, it's harmful because we're interpreting a situation in these inaccurate extremes. And most of the time, if you really think about it, there are very few circumstances and aspects in our life that the words always and never can be attributed to. When I really sit back and think about that, it's a really grounding experience to be like, wow. How many things can I actually say the word never for and always? And I started to really think about when I say these words, first of all, how do they make me feel and what effects do they have on my life? And what I first realized was, wow, they make me feel really bad inside. I was thinking, well, the word bad, that doesn't really give a lot of like, you know, description Can I dig a little bit deeper? So it makes me feel not great, bad. But ultimately, I landed on the fact that these words snuff out hope. When I say that if I create a class or course, no one is going to sign up, that's really snuffing out any hope that there could be possibly a group of people that would want what I have to offer. Saying that nothing is working, that's definitely an extreme, but it's, Taking out this hope that something will work in the future. And so I started to think more about hope. And I don't know about you, but I love a good story that gives hope. There are several Instagram channels nowadays that kind of just bring stories of hope and encouragement. And I love those channels because in a world that feels really dark and bleak sometimes, it's really helpful to be reminded of hopeful stories. And I think that we as people love stories like that because we ourselves want to feel hope. Hopeful stories and hopeful people are contagious. They invoke hope in us. I really kind of went down a rabbit hole and I was thinking about hope and how it pertains to us as business owners and artists. And I think this really relates to the episode that I made about Perseverance, which was episode 28, and it's called The Three Tips to Help with Perseverance. And when I think about the journey of being an artist or business owner, there tends to be these two camps that form and in life in general, okay? So we'll just say in general, Hope is what separates people into two categories. We have victims and we have survivors. The victims, obviously, are people that tend to not have hope. They probably live life in a lot of absolutes, like the words we described of the never and the always, and they don't have a lot of forward thinking. They have a lot of past thinking, and they have a really hard time being strategic and looking forward. And then we have people that live in this, like, survivor camp, okay? Like, people that are forward-thinking. They can embrace the situation and feel all the feelings, but they also are thinking about how they can move forward with action. So they're forward-thinking people, and they probably don't live life with absolutes that much. And so... I want you to think about your own story, and I've been vulnerable with you here. I'm in the victim camp more than I like to admit sometimes, but it's made me really be intentional about giving myself almost a diagnosis in my moment, in time of thinking, okay, am I thinking about my situation and using words with absolutes? And am I having a limiting mindset? Am I having a limiting belief right now? And if I am, chances are I'm probably living in the victim camp (laughs) and having a little pity party. And here's the thing. We all need to have a good pity party once in a while. We need to feel all of our feelings like we mentioned on the podcast just last week. We need to have space for all the things that we feel because they're trying to tell us something but we can't stay there forever. At some point, we need to move forward. And that's where hope comes in and really help kind of be the hand that's extending out into our little pity party hole and pull us forward. We'll be back after this short break. Today is the day, the Tillage podcast Patreon is now live and there are different tiers that you can support the podcast and also get bonus episodes live Q&As, and behind-the-scenes content. Think of this space like a secret hub of content just for you. The Tillage Podcast Patreon not only fills your plate with more of everything you love, but it truly supports the podcast in a powerful way. Go check it out with the link in the description below or head on over to thetillagepodcast.com and click Patreon in the menu bar. Run, don't walk, to go get your first bonus episode this coming Friday. Now back to the show. So for me, if I were to give one more last definition of hope, I would just say hope is connected to optimism and it's taking an active stance at looking towards the future. And so when we think about our language, our language can actually infuse more hope into our lives. That ultimately helps us with perseverance. So if we can start to change the way that we Use words even in our own heads or how we're talking about things with friends or family about our circumstances, this can actually start to help us change our belief system. You can probably admit with me that having a world full of absolutes and thinking that way is really tiring because it feels like there's no way out of our circumstances. There's no hope. And my desire for this conversation today is that we can be really intentional about how we're looking at our circumstances and how we're talking about them. So I'm giving you two tips today to help with some limiting beliefs, especially those that are attached to absolutes. So the first thing is (laughs) we have to be intentional about how we're using words. And the simplest way to do that is just by listening to yourself. So you can be your own little tattletale and listen to yourself and recognize, oh, I did it. I used an absolute. I want you to catch yourself when you're saying these words. Chances are for myself, I don't often say them out loud. Like I'm not walking around going, nothing is working like my four and a half year old daughter. It's more in my head of just like, nothing's working. I can't seem to figure this out. So it's in my own head. So I am going to be intentional and I invite you to come alongside me to catch myself when I'm saying these words. And when I do it, I'm going to also rephrase and remove the absolute and try to make my sentence be more realistic and actually less paralyzing and see if it can offer some hope. So the example of going on Instagram Live is always awkward for me. And honestly, it really is. Not the word always. We're going to shift and change that right there. But but anytime I'm online and it's live and there's no redos, there's no editing. It's just me in front of that camera. It just makes me feel all these feelings. And I've referred to it as like jumping on a roller coaster and that feeling like you cannot get off. Or it would be even more awkward if you just like turned off your screen and like left. Needless to say, going on Instagram is awkward for me right now. So I rephrased it. Going on Instagram live is awkward for me right now. Simply changing those words of taking out the word always. So instead of saying going on Instagram live is always awkward for me, I can say going on Instagram live is awkward for me right now. And taking out that word actually gives me hope that I'm going to get better at it and that I will feel less awkward in the future. So that's one simple way that we can start to reframe our words and our absolutes is to catch ourselves in the process and then restate it without that absolute word. So the next time you catch yourself, go ahead and give it a try. If you need to get out a piece of paper and like do a little bit of Mad Libs and cross the word out and see how you can replace it, go ahead and do that too. But I think the more that we do this, the more it will become a natural tendency to have a posture of hope and to have our dialogue be more encouraging and less limiting. Because that's ultimately what these words are. It's limiting the capability that we have, limiting our actions, and limiting our beliefs of what is possible. And we're going to segue into the last one. So just two tips today, but the last one is gratitude. And I am so excited to talk about this with you because gratitude is something that is like magical to me. It's like this simple act that has exponential impacts. I was thinking about gratitude and I have a journal on my computer and I've used it on the podcast before. I've like read snippets from it in the past. And I have been writing my journal on my computer for about two years. What I love about it is that I can do like a keyword search. So I can do like command F and like find words that I wrote in my journal. And so instead of like flipping through pages, trying to find it, I can easily find a keyword. So I just typed in the word thankful. It was really cool to look through my whole journal for over a two-year period and see the word thankful and where I used it in my journal and how often I used it. And I came across a journal entry that's going to take us full circle to the beginning of this episode where I was talking about being in quarantine. This entry I found came from April 21, 2020. And it was a moment that I literally said, (laughs) I'm a pity party over here. Here are some things that I'm grateful for. And I wrote down lots of examples of things I was thankful for and that I had gratitude about. Here's what I wrote. So I said, things that I'm grateful for are the sun and the ability to go outdoors, our backyard, our jobs, technology to connect with others in this time, music, our little town, my family, our garden, coffee, blue skies, and showers. And then I wrote this. And remember that we were still in quarantine at this moment. Like, we didn't have the ability to go anywhere, and I think that will help you recognize why I chose some of the things that I wrote for what I was grateful for. So I wrote, some of these things are so simple, yet when they're gone, I feel the weight of their absence. I have felt that weight from time to time during this season. Our shower was out of commission for three days, and I was definitely in a funk because of it. It's been raining a lot, so the sun and the blue skies mean everything to me right now. I'm very aware of the truth that when I focus on gratitude, there is no room for discontentment to live in my heart. I don't share this to be like, pat myself on the back, I'm so good at gratitude, look at me. But I was like really shocked that I could reframe it for myself in that moment it just was a moment of like, oh, wow, I've come a long way. <laughs> I don't always go to that space. But I think in that moment, it was really easy to be in a place of not having a lot of hope and being frustrated and honestly I had a lot of those moments. We all did. But I love being able to go back and see that I was just grateful for our backyard and the ability to go somewhere other than our house I was grateful for technology to connect with people when we couldn't see them in person. I was so thankful for music. I remember that morning I had just listened to music and I was so thankful for it. Like Trying to visualize a world without music. And when you can think about the absence of the things in our lives it really does highlight how grateful we should be for them. So I think gratitude to wrap this all up is just such a powerful way to reframe our mindset, instill hope, and honestly give ourselves a fresh new perspective. Because we can be very close to our circumstances and feel all the negativity and get in that place of using absolutes, and when we can reframe, gratitude really does not leave any room for discontentment to be in our life, and also doesn't leave a lot of room to use negative absolute language. So I encourage you to start to have a shift today inside yourself to be really intentional about having gratitude and be really mindful about how you're using words in your own thought life and even outside your own head. I made a free PDF for you this week for you to try your hand at this. It's a PDF that breaks down every single day of the week and gives you five lines to write something that you are grateful for. And I would love to see what you're grateful for and to see how this affects your mood and your hope level inside of you and just your perspective on your week. So if you want to tag me at the Tillage Podcast on Instagram and just, you could even type out your things that you're grateful for. You could take a picture of something you're grateful for. But I'm just hoping that we can infuse our little community with gratitude this week. And so if you want to grab that free PDF, you can look at the show notes today. It's also here in the footer of this episode. But I just wanted to give you that little sheet to help you out this week. And in closing, I found this quote by a woman named Angelus Arian, and she writes in her book, Living in Gratitude, that we have the ability to shift our awareness to one of grateful seeing noticing first what is working in our lives before dwelling on what we lack or desire but have not yet attained or on our challenges or burdens and who if that doesn't put you in your place i don't know what does but that quote was just very convicting for me of just recognizing wow how often Am I having grateful seeing? Am I noticing what's working in my life before I'm dwelling on my lack or desire of something? And especially as running a creative business, I think I can often be in this place of needing to get to the next level or needing the next wholesale account or needing the next PO or finishing the next collection. And it's just always this forward movement of thinking that I need to get to the next thing and noticing what's not working versus what's working. And so I loved that quote, and I wanted to share it with you. And I'll definitely make sure to include that in the show notes for you if you want to put that away in your journal or hang it up on your wall, because I will definitely be doing that. So as we close, I hope this episode helps you be intentional and more than anything, know that we're all in this together, that I have the same thoughts, I have the same struggles, but there are ways for us to instill hope, have a perspective shift, and lean into grateful seeing. Here are the key takeaways from today's episode. Using absolute words can be pretty detrimental to our mindset. The six absolute words that we can catch ourselves using are always, never, no one, nothing, everyone, and everything. Using absolutes in our language snuffs out hope. When we change our language, we can infuse more hope into our lives that ultimately helps us with perseverance. Catch yourself when you're hearing yourself use extremes and absolutes, and see if you can rephrase your sentence to be more realistic. And lastly, turn to gratitude to reframe your mindset, instill hope, and give you a fresh new perspective. Thanks again for listening to The Tillage Podcast. It brings me so much joy knowing that you spent your very precious time with me here today. If you want more, head on over to thetillagepodcast.com for today's show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode.